You're listening to the NOAA Ocean Podcast. I'm Megan Forbes. In this episode, we're focusing on something that you've likely at least heard a little bit about in the last few years, garbage patches. But before we dive into that specific subject, let's take a step back to discuss the areas of the ocean where trash seems to collect. I'm talking about gyres. Gyres are large systems of circulating ocean currents, kind of like slow-moving whirlpools. There are five gyres to be exact, the North Atlantic Gyre, the South Atlantic Gyre, the North Pacific Gyre, the South Pacific Gyre, and the Indian Ocean Gyre. These have a significant impact on the ocean. The Big Five help drive the so-called oceanic conveyor belt that helps circulate ocean waters around the globe. While they circulate ocean waters, they're also drawing in the pollution that we release in coastal areas, otherwise known as marine debris. The most famous example of a gyre's tendency to take out our trash is known as the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, located in the North Pacific Gyre. The patch is an area of concentrated, and mostly plastic, marine debris. While this is certainly the most talked about garbage patch, it is not the only garbage patch in the ocean. In the last five years, researchers have discovered two more areas where a soup of concentrated marine debris collects, one in the South Pacific Ocean and the other in the North Atlantic. As with the North Pacific garbage patch, plastic can circulate in these parts of the ocean for years, posing health risks to marine animals, fish, and seabirds. How are patches like these forming in our oceans, and what can we do about it? For the answer, let's take a look back on a conversation between Troy Kitsch and Diana Parker as they discuss the details of the most well-known garbage patch in the Pacific, of what a garbage patch is and isn't, and what we can do about this ocean-sized problem. Give a listen. Diana, welcome and thanks for joining us. Let's start with the obvious question, what are we talking about when we say garbage patch? A lot of people hear the word patch and they immediately think of almost like a blanket of trash that can easily be scooped up, but actually these areas are always moving and changing with the currents and it's, it's mostly these tiny plastics that you can't immediately see with the naked eye. I noticed that you said garbage patch areas. So the Great Pacific garbage patch is only one area in the ocean where marine debris concentrates? So there are garbage patches all over the world. These are areas where debris naturally accumulates. So there are garbage patches of all different sizes and shapes and and compositions. The, The one that we know the most about is the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which lies in an area between Hawaii and California. And so what we know about this area is that it's made up of tiny microplastics, almost akin to a a peppery soup uh, with scattered larger items, fishing gear, uh, those kinds of items swirling around. A peppery soup. Hmm. Could you explain that again? Well, imagine tiny, tiny microplastics just swirling around, mixing in the water column from waves and wind. Uh, It's always moving and changing with the currents. Uh, These are tiny plastics that you might not even see if you sailed through the middle of the garbage patch. They're they're so small and, and mixed throughout the water column. I would think that most of the plastic that ends up in the ocean are bigger pieces like bags and bottles and plastic toys, things like that. But you're saying that most of the plastic is so small that it's hard or impossible to see. 
Can you talk a little bit more about the plastic debris in the ocean and why it's so small? There are many different kinds of plastics out in the ocean, and they come from a number of different sources. So there are teeny tiny microplastics out there that were either manufactured to be small. So for example, the micro beads in face wash could be plastic. There are also little tiny plastic pellets that we sometimes call nurdles that are used to make larger items. But then there are also tiny plastics that are shards of larger items. and plastics never really go away. They just break down over and over again until they become smaller and smaller from sunlight and other environmental factors, waves, big storms, those kinds of things. So we have these vast regions in the ocean where the water column looks like a peppery soup. And that's because of all these small bits and pieces of plastic. I would imagine this plastic kind of looks like food. Do we know if fish and birds are eating this stuff? We know that some species of birds and fish eat microplastics. They even eat some larger plastics. So, for example, a laysan albatross in the northwestern Hawaiian Islands, uh, we know that um, just about every dead albatross found on Midway Atoll has some form of plastic in its stomach. You know, we, we don't know if that's what killed it, but, you know, we know that this is becoming a big problem. And so we know that there are microplastics in the ocean. We know that birds and fish and even maybe some larger marine mammals eat these plastics. We know there are chemicals in the plastics and we know that the chemicals can absorb other toxic chemicals that are floating around in the ocean. And so now the big question is, what are those plastics doing to the animals that eat them? Well, I'm, I'm sure you get this question a lot. And we know that marine debris in the ocean is a bad thing. So why don't we just clean it up? Especially if most of the trash is contained in garbage patch areas because of the way the debris naturally accumulates because of ocean currents. The word garbage patch, it accurately describes what it is because these are patches of ocean that contain our garbage. but. They're not areas where you can easily go through and skim trash off the surface. First of all, because of they are tiny microplastics that aren't easily removable from the ocean, but also just because of the size of this area. We did some quick calculations that if you tried to clean up less than 1% of the North Pacific Ocean, it would take 67 ships one year to clean up that portion. And the bottom line is that until we prevent debris from entering the ocean at the source, it's just going to keep congregating in these areas. We could go out and clean it all up and then still have the same problem on our hands as long as there's debris entering the ocean. Okay, so that's the really big problem, to prevent the debris from entering the ocean in the first place. So what can you or me or anyone do to help? It's as simple as changing your individual behavior every day, creating less waste, reusing what you can, uh, remembering to recycle, littering obviously is, is a major no-no, and then going out and joining a beach cleanup. It's difficult to really understand the problem until you get out there and see it firsthand how bad the problem is. And I imagine you've had plenty of opportunities to go out there and see how bad it is firsthand. Is that right? 
I absolutely have. For example, every year I, I go out with the international coastal cleanup and work to pick up trash from the Anacostia and Potomac in Washington, D.C. And the amount of trash you find on the shorelines is just incredible. Bottles, bags, aerosol cans, all mixed together. It's, it's all, you know, in some places it's like a thick mat. And so these are really populous urban areas, but then we also see the same kind of trash on really remote beaches. For example, is on a beach in Lanai in Hawaii, and we found everything from plastic bottles, flip-flops, fishing gear. We found an entire couch, and some of this debris was clearly local, and some of it um, had, had clearly come from other countries around the Pacific Rim. So debris can touch even the most remote places in the world. Okay, so given what you know, working on this problem day in and day out, is it something that feels like a kind of an overwhelming, hopeless problem? What do you think? It's not a hopeless situation. Marine debris is absolutely a solvable problem because it comes from us humans and our everyday practices. We can take any number of steps to keep it from entering the ocean. That's it for this episode of the NOAA Ocean Podcast. Thanks to Diana Parker and Troy Kitch for helping us understand the science of garbage patches and how to help tackle this problem. To learn more about this science or any ocean-related topic, visit our website at oceanservice.noaa.gov. We appreciate you taking the time to learn with us and hope you'll join us again soon. Until then, thanks for listening.